0: Dear Young Married Couple, today we're going to show you four different communication tactics that are sure to destroy your marriage.
1: <laughs> That's light and airy, <laughs> cheery. Well,
0: it's in keeping with Gottman's Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse.
1: Yeah, which is also quite cheery. We, before di- before we dive into that, we want to share with you that having the talks, our card deck game for parents and children on sex and sexuality is now available on Amazon. So go pick it up. If you're unsure about how do I talk to my kids about sex? How do I, what questions do I even bring up? I don't know if they even have any questions. Um, or maybe you grew up in a, a home where sex wasn't talked about um, or it was bad or it was silent. Um, this will help you change that culture in your own family. Emily with your kiddos
0: yeah they'll really actually help you guys go deeper have more meaningful conversations and you'll be having conversations on purpose so and if you don't have these conversations somebody else will Mm -hmm. so you want to be the first one to introduce these so that they can come back to you with any questions that they will have so on with the show
1: All right. (laughs) So, John Gottman, he is the leading researcher on marriage in um, the 21st century. His research started. um, actually in the 20th century. Yeah. He's been going for about 40 years now. And he has longitudinal studies with over 3,000 couples that he started with in the Love Lab in Seattle. And he just um, worked with these couples, observed them, um, watched them live life, watched them argue, watched them make up. And he and his research partners found out what makes marriage last and what makes marriage not last. Yeah,
0: what what makes it thrive. Yeah. And he found that these, uh, these elements that we're going to go over, or he deemed them, or he called them the four horsemen of the apocalypse, that they will hurt your marriage. Um, and we'll share some studies and we'll share kind of um, what he found here. But these are the things that you want to look out for. Mm-hmm. I think that we all can tend to do. But we have to watch out for.
1: Yeah. So if you find yourselves in these constant cycles of argument and you're like, oh, what's going on? You might find one of the culprits in these four horsemen. All right. So,
0: so first one. The
1: first one is criticism. And criticism is a sneaky one. I think us ladies probably tend toward criticism more often. And um, it's it's one that really just attacks the person rather than the behavior. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's also a lot of blaming. It's a lot of you language.
0: Yep, yeah, and, and when Krista says ladies, she means like it's like a 20, 80, 20 principle here. So probably eighty percent of women tend to be more critical, um, and then twenty percent of the the men are critical. So what you really want to look out for here is like Krista said, a kind of a blaming, mm-hmm. and generally it's about uh, the character rather than the behavior, as Mm -hmm. Chris already said, we see this a lot. Um, and really normally it's well-intentioned. It's trying to help somebody do better in life or (laughs) do better for them, but it comes across in a way that's really difficult for the listener, uh, which would be the partner to hear. Mm -hmm. It, It just, it runs against the grain and normally doesn't get, um, the result that the person is intending it to have
1: so stick around till the end of the video because we're actually going to give you an example of each of these four horsemen and then what to say instead what what's the antidote for this so here's an example for the first one okay all right so for criticism an example would be um it's kind of rude to have both of your headphones in while we're all here in the room with you <laughs> so you see the the tone, it was a blame on the character. I highlighted how rude it was.
0: She's telling me basically how rude I am.
1: Exactly. Even and, though
0: And am I gonna agree with that?
1: Exactly. Even though, like, yes, I did highlight putting the headphones in as the behavior, but the character trait was that it's rude. Mm-hmm. So um it's not as bad as something else we're gonna talk about where you just slam the person all together, but it is criticism and there's a better way to handle that request.
0: Yes, so this is what we came up with. So the antidote to criticism is the soft startup. Um, John Gottman found that in the first three minutes of an argument, that researchers could determine the um, the outcome mm-hmm. with a high degree of, of certainty of what um, if it was a you know favorable outcome they made up they felt good about about what they resolved or. It they didn't feel good. So if there wasn't a soft startup that first three minutes, um, things tended to go pretty badly. So here's an idea that we came up with of how to do a soft startup.
1: Okay. So what to say instead of the whole, it's kind of rude to have both the headphones in. you could say, Hey, while we're in the same room, I wish you would have one headphone out so that you can hear me or the kids. If we have a question or we want to say something. And if that happened, I would feel much more connected. There you go. Or m- much more like a team. So you're you're expressing um, a desire, a wish, a request with I language, mm-hmm. right? And then you're also saying, here's how I'd feel if that happened. Um, it's a really good way to have a soft startup and also to convey your request.
0: Right. What What's really trying to happen is the person that's asking there is wanting behavior change. Mm-hmm. But think about it. I want that The deepest part of me wants to be loved and accepted and cherished and all those things. But criticism really strikes at the root of that and says, you're deficient. Mm -hmm. And that leaves me lacking. And I really don't want to feel deficient because that feels really bad. Mm -hmm. So most likely I'm going to reject that request to her, you know, to her dismay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, all right. So let's go to the next one. Normally criticism leads us right into the next the next horseman which is called defensiveness um i tend to be more defensive and a lot of guys actually that i that i talk to remember that 80 20 principle they tend to be more defensive and it's kind of like just leave well enough alone don't mess with me <laughs> she's trying to you know help nurture and love me into becoming a better man and i'm just like hey we're chill we're good right now like (laughs) why bring this stuff up that kind of thing so defensiveness is is really kind of deflecting Mm -hmm. it's saying it's not really me that's the problem. It's really you. You're the problem here. Or
1: there's no problem.
0: Right. Or there's yeah. what problem? <laughs>
1: exactly. So here's an example of defensiveness. Um, say you're driving and then there's a criticism or even just a well done request about the driving. The defensiveness could look like, do you want to drive? <laughs> or I, I stopped soon enough. Right. Or, you know, it's fine. Right. I'm driving fine. I'm a good driver.
0: Yeah. And oftentimes I have to sift or I have to like through a mental filter. If Chris comes off as being critical, I have to kind of remind myself that she's a good willed woman. She's confronting to connect because something happened and she's wanting to um, connect with me. But something happened that she needs to talk about. Mm -hmm. Now, my style will be like, oh, whatever, I'll just let it go. Her style is no, we need to talk about it in order for us to feel better about it. Mm -hmm. So But if I deflect, if I defend my position, she doesn't feel heard or understood. So what I have to do here is really, here's the antidote, take responsibility for anything that she said, like the smallest piece. Sometimes I can disagree with almost all of it, but generally there's a little element of truth in there that I could take responsibility for.
1: Yeah. I think what we tend to see is like the criticizer will like share this long list of criticisms. Right. And then the defensive person will just go like maybe some of those things were true, but they'll take something that they disagree with and then they'll be like, well, no, I didn't do that. Da, 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 you do this. Right. Blah, blah, blah blah blah," And they like kind of just push it all back. But if you could do the opposite of that and go, okay. What's one thing I can take responsibility for that she just said? Um, and that will usually diffuse the situation. So that's the antidote. So here's an example. Um, sorry, babe, I could have started braking sooner. Mm-hmm. You're not saying that like you're an awful driver or that she has every right to be so freaked out about the way you were driving or you're just taking responsibility. Like, yeah, I could have, I could have started breaking sooner at that red light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
0: never happened to us. <laughs> the next the next one that we often see would be stonewalling Mm -hmm. um so generally let's say that this interaction goes back and forth there's criticism and then there's defensiveness and then let's just keep the genders like so chris is like you know he's not getting it so i need to express it more clearly so she's more critical and then i'm more defensive and then it all breaks down to i be, I become flooded, which means that I have an increase in cortisol and I have um, some adrenaline amping up and I finally, I'm like, I'm done. I'm going to, and, and, and in my mind, I'm withdrawing saying, I'm going to keep the peace. This is a dumb argument. I don't agree with her. So I'm just going to shut up and stop arguing because that will fix everything. <laughs> And I'll, and that's called stonewalling, which isn't helpful.
1: Some guys will actually leave the room in order to stonewall, which
0: is a form of control.
1: Yeah. And then some guys will actually just shut down and stay in the conversation, but be completely, uh, disengaged mm-hmm. kind of giving like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. like they're, they're not even engaged. So that's stonewalling as well. Um, and so What's the antidote for this? So like an example of stonewalling would be saying like, nothing's wrong. I'm fine. It's fine. I'm good. It's we're fine. It's all good. Um, But instead of that, you could say, I'm not sure how I feel right now, except that I'm just really overwhelmed. Can we talk about this? Take a breather and talk about it after the kids go to bed. So you are actually pausing the conversation because you're not going to make any progress when you're flooded. You're in fight or flight. Uh, by the way, ladies, when, when your husband is um, shutting down, it's usually their attempt at keeping things safe. Adam said earlier, keeping the peace, because they're not going to fight you, most of them. Some do, right? That's where domestic violence occurs. But instead of fighting you, they withdraw. So they go, they flee instead. And so they're keeping everything safe.
0: Which looks like abandonment yes. to to the pursuer.
1: Mm-hmm. But instead of just abandoning altogether, you can say, hey, this is important. I know we need to solve this. I don't know how I'm feeling about it right now. I'm flooded. Can we come back to this after we put the kids down and we could have a conversation about right. it again. So
0: what she was just doing there was reassuring the the so I, if if she was withdrawing from the conversation, she's reassuring the person like, "Hey, look. I am I'm going to be back. Yeah. <laughs> we will figure this out, but right now I'm not in a place that I can settle this with you." Um and if you do that well enough a good amount of times, they'll start to trust the fact that that you'll do what you say you're, you're going to do. You have to come back to it. That's always have to come back to it. The
1: step that gets missed. And
0: it is. It yeah. is. Or the reassurance. They just disappear. Uh, the, the withdrawer disappears, never to come back. And that's scary too for the other person. Like, hey, you keep doing this every time we hit this subject. Yeah. We got to figure this out. When are we going to do this? And then it becomes like a all in every single time they hit that conversation. So that's yeah. not helpful either. So that's the third, stonewalling. So the last one, uh, the last horseman of the apocalypse, according to G- Gottman, is a contempt.
1: So contempt is really an escalated form of criticism. It's where like criticism has you know been the MO for so long and it's not working. And so that criticizer will just amp up and start using contemptuous language. Mm-hmm. And really contemptuous language is where you you like massacre that person's identity. Mm-hmm. So it's not really even just like about their character anymore. It's about you are a problem. Who you are is a problem.
0: Yeah, you are deficient. And really it's still it's still a an attempt to prod the person into action in yeah. the direction that they want. Mm-hmm. So you know, do the, like you're beneath me because you're doing this. And really it's still just, please do this, please change. But ultimately that's just going to really offend the other person and they're going to keep pulling back.
1: And ultimately the studies show it leads to divorce. Yes. So Gottman found that for couples who had contempt in the relationship, if it continued, then they were divorced within five years, 85% of the time. So that's a pretty high degree of certainty that you know, with if you have contempt in your marriage right now, and you don't get it out of your marriage, eighty-five percent chance you're going to be divorced in five years. Right.
0: And and something that we point out sometimes to clients too is that you could show contempt with body language as well. Yeah, it doesn't have to be with words. Um, sometimes you could do that with body language. So we give these to you, and thank you Gottman for that research, and um, it is really helpful and. Helpful for us as married couples to look at the relationship and say, you know, we could probably get better yeah. at some of these.
1: So an example of contempt would be something like um, he said, body language, like eye rolling. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Um, another one is like comments like, why can't you? It, it's, so it's, it's all inclusive, like um, superlatives. Why can't you ever put your clothes away? That's using the word ever. Um, you're such a slob. So name calling, right? So it's not just about the character anymore. It's like name calling, like you're such a slob. Or maybe they're making food and they don't make any food for you, and you say, "Oh, you made food and you didn't make any for me. Mm-hmm. You're such a pig." It's right? have like, to
0: make the, a person feel bad about themselves,
1: or like they're nothing. It's it's superiority. Yeah, yeah. So this is something that you want to make sure to get out of your marriage. So the antidote for this is. Express your feeling and then express a request or even a longing. Um, this is a little bit deeper than um, what what would be like the the request in the criticism antidote. This is like a longing um, and then an invitation to work on it. So you could say something like, I'm really getting more and more upset about the clothes on the floor instead of in the laundry hamper. I know you're not trying to upset me on purpose. I wish we could find a solution for this. And I'd feel so much more at peace. Yeah. That's a longing. Can you please tell me how you're working on this? Mm-hmm. That's the invitation.
0: Yeah. You know, if you have some of these in your marriage, don't wait. Um, I would highly recommend that you reach out to a mentor, mm-hmm. that you would find a counselor, somebody that to help walk you guys through this because, uh, well, actually studies show that um people reach out if there is chest pain within 4 hours but the average time to reach out for help for marital problems the first sign of pain emotional pain is 7 years oftentimes couples wait way too long to reach out for counseling because they tell themselves like you know i you know i'm less than if we need counseling or whatever but seriously every single great athlete or you know people doing big things in the world have coaches mm-hmm. so get someone on your side to help you guys work through this so that you can enjoy the rest of your seven years
1: yeah the rest of your entire <laughs> marriage so yeah. we're here for you if you want to reach out we'll put our information in the show notes and we'd love to walk alongside you in this but even if it's not with us we reckon we totally recommend get some help get someone to walk alongside you if you're finding this really difficult to pull out of So we're here for you guys. We love you.
0: And if you found this video helpful, please like and subscribe and even comment um, down in the show notes if any of this has been helpful or you have some ideas of your own on this topic. So thank you for watching.